Welcome into episode number 128 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Back here with my my main man, Jim Plotner, fan in the van. What goes on? What's going on? Oh, can't you know? Can't complain. It's uh, I'm sure it's just as hot there, if not hotter today. It's like oh. 93 degrees here today. A fucking barn burner out there. You better stay hydrated, my friends. <laughs> yeah, stay thirsty. You're gonna stay thirsty, my friends. I mean, shit. If you're if you're drinking some some beers today, don't don't forget to mix in a water every once in a while because you're gonna yep. be on the sidewalk real quick. But yeah, man. Uh, tons of things to go over. I mean, a lot of obviously the the baseball. MLB, I should say, the MLB um, trade deadline's coming up. Uh, yep. Just a couple of days away. The Yan- I want to get into your Yankees, obviously. That's, like, they're always the, the topic of discussion, good, bad, or, or ugly sometimes. I mean, last night, I watched I watched a good bit of the, the Orioles-Yankees game. Um, the Phillies game was over, like, an hour and a half before this game even was, like, halfway through because that – I didn't think they were going to play last night. The, the rain – the class, I mean, the sky looked like it was going to fall in. Um, it was just crazy looking, but uh, I mean, Garrett Cole threw an absolute gem of a game. I can't, I cannot lie to you. He was, he had his control this year has been like wicked. It's almost like how much of that spider crack shit does he have on his hand? But no, 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 in all seriousness, I mean, he was just dealing. I mean, crazy. I, I did not think Grayson Rodriguez would pitch good. Obviously, he's uh, the Orioles rookie pitcher. He, he's been very Jekyll and Hyde, but. Ever since they brought him back from AAA about month, month and a half ago, he's been he's been money so far. I, I you know I still say that with a grain of salt because who knows? But but I mean they went toe for toe as far as uh, the pitching matchup. But um, you know O's walking off in the ninth, just a, a one nothing game is uh, the pitchers duel, pitchers duels. But yeah, I wanted to get your your input. I mean the the Yankees are sitting there fifty four and forty eight. What uh what do you or I'm sorry fifty four and forty nine after last night. Four and six in the last ten and nine games out of first place. What uh, what is your impressions of of? Obviously, I mean, Judge comes back last night has an offer. I mean, that's not a big deal. But where do, where do they go from here, man? You're you're the Yankees uh, enthusiasts here. Oh God. Well, first off, to sit at where they're sitting with that type of payroll is absolutely disgusting. Let's just be like the show. Let's just be brutally honest about it. All right. It's it, it's disgusting and. Pashman just sits there, like I said the other day. I think he's sitting on both his hands till they both get numb and he can give himself a switch-hitting stranger because he's making no moves. You see, obviously, you see the Angels are making moves. And for those that are going to listen to this who have listened to my past episodes, I just want to state this now. I was correct. I told you Otani was not coming to the East Coast. I don't care if the Angels took him off the trade block. Even if they didn't, he was never coming here. As far as the Yankees go... They got to get rid of this dead weight. And dead weight is the guys that aren't performing that are getting the big money contracts. I get everybody loves Rizzo, but if you can get something in return and try to dump that contract, you got to do it. Same thing with LeMahieu. You got to do it. Even Stanton. You got to do It's time to, for, for the fact that you're paying Stanton all this money, you're paying Rizzo 20-something million a year and combined they're both hitting below 200. No. It, it, it's unacceptable. And the fact that week in and week out and day in and day out, you hear Cashman, you know, we're going to make moves. We're going to do this. We're going to do well, I've yet to see it. I've yet to see the moves being, being made. Hal's just sitting there in his penthouse apartment somewhere in Manhattan, 
with not a clue. He wants to know why the fans are confused. Watch your product on the field, and you'll see why we're confused. And Garrett Cole has been the probably the only positive thing that has happened on this team all year to the fact that I think he has another opt-out after next season. And the reports are already coming out. He may try to go back to Houston. Oh, that would be – I'd be shocked. I mean, he's a – at least when he signed there, he was like, oh, I think it's everybody's dream to wear that. Like, he was Yankees through and through. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I it, for me, the way I always look at this situation with the Yankees, it's like, I'm not going to say it would be easy to fix, but in some ways it's a lot easier to fix the Yankees than it would be to fix the Royals or to, to fix yeah. the, the Oakland A's. Like, you have the you have the tremendous money in your back, you know, just sitting there in the payroll. It's like, okay. You unload some of these guys. You eat some. I mean, you got to eat something here. Yeah. If you oh, just well, without a doubt, they will have to eat part. If you trade Stanton, you're going to wind up eating all of it. That's the only way you're going to get value back. You're going to have to p- keep paying Stanton, whether he's with you or not with you. So that that one they'll have to eat. Rizzo, you'll probably have to eat half. Lemayhew, they'll just eat it because it's the lowest out of those three. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean. Hey man, I mean, I know, I know Brent loves, uh, actually Brent's at Brent from, you know, check out the 1420 sports podcast. Um, he's, he's had mixed feelings. I would say on Bader, he, when he signed there, he loved him. And, and he is, a he reminds me of Brett Gardner a little bit, just in the fact that he's like a, he doesn't go down easily. Usually he can track any ball in center. I mean, the, the guy is, you know, an a plus plus fielder, but, um, I think the biggest it's problem there is. Inj- right. The biggest problem is the injuries, staying healthy consistently, you know, week in, week out, month in, month out. I'm just looking at the box score last night. I mean, LeMahieu actually had – I mean, it was two for four, but, you know, not not hitting well on the season. I mean, you see it an, an – and, and Grayson pitched well, but still, I mean, you expect more um, – you expect more out of, out of this line. Like, at some point, like you said, I mean, they got to – like, LeMahieu's past his prime. Stan, yeah. I mean, Stan looks like he's walking in or he's running it on with uh, cinder blocks tied to his feet because, I mean, it's like, and I'm not trying the to. Afraid, the guy's afraid to run. He's afraid to run. You see it against, I think it was the Met game Wednesday night. They actually did a stat on it. He was running at two miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he uh, he makes Jim Tomey look fast. Jim Tomey looks fast. But, no, I mean, it's I that clip where uh, – I just remember it, over the weekend, last weekend against the Royals. He, I think he went first to home, or or he ran. Yeah, I think pretty pretty sure it's first to home, and he's rounding third. And and Michael K. Like, that was the game. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Michael, that game. Michael K.'s like, and here comes that. Like he's like purposely saying it slow. I think so. It make like it's like by the time he's done saying it, he's almost home. He's still not home. Like oh, that was <laughs> it. It's uh. I mean, if he could just DH and, and give you guys, you know, 25, 30 home runs, 260 average, I'd probably say, you know, fuck it, like, you know, whatever. But he's not doing that, and he's not hitting for average. Like, he's just not doing – he he's he's a liability in the field anymore. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see – I mean, really, I could see a lot of – the majority of this lineup being traded. Like, if I'm if I'm uh, Brian Cashman, I'd probably – I'd get what I can get for Stan. I'd get what I can get for Rizzo. I'd get what I could get for Glaber because Glaber is like eventually going to fall off the cliff. Yeah, he, he's pretty consistent. You know, two sixty, two seventy hitter with some, with some pop. But I mean, get Lemayhu, Stan, Rizzo, 
Glaber. Uh, I'd, I'd probably even shot Bader just because I know he's not going to stay healthy long term. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, the Yankees aren't used to selling. I get that. And, and they're, they're not out of it by any means. Like that third wild card spot, the second wild card spot could even be obtainable. But if you guys even, like, let's say you make a push, let's say best case scenario, you get in second wild card spot. Like, do you really see this team going against like Houston or Texas? No. Even the Texas no. Year, I, I, they're up against. I rather them. I rather them not even make the playoffs if if you got to go up against teams that are performing better than you with less superstar power. I agree. I rather I rather I rather them just sit at home and figure out what they're going to do next year instead of being in the playoffs and just leave embarrassingly again. I rather just sit at home, do nothing, and and you know yeah, just, I'm not, just I'm finish not... the season out. That's it. Just finish the season out. Trade who you got to trade. Bring in who you got to bring in. And then just don't give us the same bullshit at the beginning of spring training next year where this is a championship caliber team, and it's not. And the younger generation of Yankee fans are going to – they're going to see something they've never seen. The Yankees are going to be – I don't think they're going to be total sellers because they'll be buyers in some positions, mainly pitching. But they're going to give up guys that these younger fans don't want them to give up. And they're going to cry and bitch, piss, and moan, but they don't understand why. Because they don't know the full Yankee, I'm trying to find the right wording here. Like, they don't know how the Yankee business really works. And like how, you know, which guys fit with the team and which guys aren't. Like, even Severino's a guy who's going to be on the block. Like, there's nobody safe other than Aaron Judge. There's no guy safe on this team right now from being traded. Nobody, even well, Anthony Volpe would be another one, but everybody else is. <laughs> until it pretty much they are touchable at this point. Anybody could be moved at any moment. As we're doing this, who knows? We can get a notification that Severino was traded to friggin' St. Louis for some pitcher. We don't know yet. That could happen. It very well could. I mean, what August first is the trade deadline Tuesday. If I'm not mistaken, um, I believe so. Yeah, there really hasn't been a lot of moving and shaking. I mean, the Dodgers have made some moves. Uh, they're about they're most they're the most aggressive team, which is a little surprising. I mean, I, I give them credit for that because I mean, you got to go for it sometimes. Like and especially Kershaw's. This looks like Kershaw's last season. I mean, they've kicked that around a couple times, but it really does seem like this this could be it for him. They're gonna try and make a push. I mean that the National League is. I'm not going to say wide open, but it, it is kind of wide open. I mean, the Braves, I, I still think the Braves are beatable. I know they have a great roster, but they're not not—they're not always the postseason team. Like, you know, like Houston the last three, four years has been, you can pretty much pencil them into the World Series the last three or four years. Not saying that's going to happen this year, but um, Atlanta, I mean, you saw it in the 90s. How many times has, has Atlanta been a, a stellar franchise and and nothing to show for it really at the end of the day? So. Dodgers are, are definitely not a team to, to sneeze at. They always find a way to score a million runs. They have, like, one of the best lineups in, in baseball when it's clicking. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely interesting. But I my thing, like, I, I just – I don't get why it's so hard for the Yankees to figure this out because, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, getting getting the right draft picks and things, like, that's a, that's a mixed bag. But, like, they went out and got uh, Ben Attendee last year. I don't know why they didn't just give him that contract that he – like, he's a – you guys went in the, the season without a left fielder, basically, and that's that's been a complaint all year. And, like, there was your that's left fielder. 
Yeah, right. That was a point. I mean, they couldn't even catch pop flies against the Mets. It's it's just abysmal. The fact that you let the Angels, the Angels are making trade moves. They go and they get Chicago's best pitcher, and they didn't even have to give up much to get him. Why couldn't Cashman have pulled that move? The Dodgers get Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. You mean to tell me Cashman couldn't have put a couple of minor leaguers together and make that move? No, instead he's freaking sitting there on his hands waiting until they get numb. That's what he's doing. <laughs> the guy's an asshole. And if and if Steinbrenner's serious about making this a championship team again where he's his own version of his father, clean house. Clean it. End of the season, Cashman's gone. This guy's gone. This coach is gone. Boone, Boone's got to go. At this point, there's nothing to show for a guy that you gave this you gave this a lot this a lot of responsibility to for one reason. And Brent always hits it on the head because of one home run. Aaron Boone gets a manager job with the Yankees because you hit a game-winning home run against the Red Sox in a series we still lost. I think definitely, definitely agree with that. I also, in addition to that, I think Aaron Boone is the definition of a of yes sir, yes, a uh, yes man. Like yeah. whatever they tell him to do, he's gonna do. Um, I'm not a big John Boy fan, you know. Just calling it how I see it and, and being brutally honest as I can. It's I think he's a little overrated in this space, but I mean he gets the clicks, he gets the views, so I shouldn't. I shouldn't necessarily hate on the guy, but uh, I don't really get the whole hype behind John Boy Media. But he, uh, I did see an interview he had with Aaron Boone, and um, basically, well, they have him on. They have him on weekly. Right, right, he, right. He's like he's like the third host of the show. I think every Tuesday, and it, and he's always tweeting. You know what should we ask Aaron Boone? To re- you don't want me to ask. You don't want me to put something <laughs> in there because if I did. They ain't gonna ask the question. Don't be too afraid. If I if I ever had Aaron Boone on, who he'd probably want to walk out after five seconds. <laughs> yeah, the, the the truth of the matter with with that whole thing was, uh, he was like, "Can we can we play some trivia?" And Aaron Boone's like, "Yeah." Like you could tell he's a little hesitant. Like he's like, "Oh, what's this?" And uh, <laughs> John Boy, uh, whatever his name is, I just call him John Boy. But uh, he says to him, he's like, "You know, really, I'm using this as to." to speak to you, but really I'm trying to speak through you to the front office. And uh, basically he just kept coming at, and he's like, uh, how many, how many left fielders have you penciled in the last three years in your lineups? And uh, Boone was like uh, 35, 40, something like that. And he was like, yeah, it was like in that range. It was like over 30. And uh, he's like, wouldn't that be easier to just have a left fielder? Like that was like his whole, his whole thing. And, and uh, Aaron Boone was like, he just sat there for a second. He's like, well, yeah. And uh, it was real. It was like, wow, like it, it's the fact that like everybody is making like obviously the Yankees know, OK, we don't have a left. Field. Like I, I just like I said, I I always fear it. Like, I mean, being a being a quasi Philly Orioles fan, like I mean, Orioles play the Yankees. It feels like every couple of weeks, most of yeah. the time, excluding this year. I mean, there's been, a you know, six or so less games, whatever it might be. But. I was like, every time we play you guys, I'm like, holy shit, here we go. Like, this is a gauntlet of a lineup, and it's just terrifying. And, like, that's how I, I've just been accustomed. Like, you guys take over Camden Yard, like, a whole, the whole bit and everything. And I just look at it like, if I was running the – like, it wouldn't – I'm not going to say it would be easy. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it can't be as hard as they're making it to 
like for one to have even like a, a solid like they could have had Kyle Schwarber a couple of off seasons ago like yeah. a solid left fielder um that is like inexcusable and then like I I don't understand why they find such like value in these injury like Carlos Rodon another injury prone like great when yep. he can when he's on but Bader injury prone Stanton injury but it's like it's like they go out and they're like all right let's find the injury prone guys like I, I don't yeah. Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, 36 years, you know, like. Yeah, and, and especially when Cashman said that they wanted to get younger and then you make that horrendous trade. I, I, I still to this day don't get how you make that trade. I still don't get it. I mean, Donaldson in his prime was good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not in his prime anymore. You knew you weren't getting the same Josh Donaldson he was in Oakland, even in Atlanta and wherever all the teams he was before. Toronto, yeah. He, yeah, you're not get, you weren't getting that same Donaldson. And Cashman, like, put him on this pedestal like it was the best trade he's ever made. It was the worst trade you made, you fucking imbecile. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I, I just I, – I continuously don't understand why they make it, it – it's not – like I said, it's not as difficult as they're making it. Like, the Rays find a way with $30 million to at least be yeah. – at least to be, like, at the top of the division. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series. They, they may never win the World Series with the model they have, but at least – their fans are like, okay, we see what you're trying to do. Like the Yankees, I'm like, I don't see the blueprint. I don't see like, obviously Volpe, Volpe might turn into a great shortstop. You know, you're going to hit on some draft picks. That's, I mean, just about everybody does at some point, but yeah, I, I just, Brian it's, Cashman, it's a, it's like a miracle in my mind that he has a job. I, it's like, I don't understand it. And, and the saddest part is you have these, these supposed knowledgeable fans of the Yankees that they go on and go, yeah, but look, he built the the dynasty Yankees in the, in 96, 97, 98, 2000, this year, this year. No, he didn't. People don't realize he inherited the same team. Joe Torrey inherited. That was Buck Walter and Gene stick. Michael before these two came about, and, you know, Cashman inherited a dynasty. He inherited the core four. He inherited all this he didn't build it he don't get me wrong he's put pieces in play since that have gotten them over the hump you know at the certain points but did he build those dynasty teams no he didn't he didn't build them he contributed after the fact like you replaced charlie hayes with scott brocious you replaced this guy with this guy you replaced you know john Olerud with tino martinez you went and got this guy. You went and got El Duque. You you know, you're like, yeah, he's made some good moves here and there, but his bad moves like Hideki Arabu, Josh Donaldson, outweigh all those in, in his tenure as a Yankee general manager. I wonder if he's got something on Hal that we don't know about. Is there like a sex tape we don't know about? Is there like uh, uh, like an, an indiscreet photo he has of Hal somewhere, like doing blow on Cashman's desk? With like an intern, you know, giving him a handy under the table. I, I don't know. How do you keep your job this long? Since 09, we've done nothing. Nothing. And that's that's putrid. In 2029, if we don't win anything from this year on, we'll be 20 years. And Cashman will probably still be the fucking GM. It, it just, like I said, there's there's easier jobs, but in and especially in, in Major League Baseball, like, I mean, look at the Pirates GM probably goes out and is like, all right, we could do this. He probably has all these formulas like 
we go out and get this guy for this prospect, this guy, and then the owner's like, nope, we're not doing that because we're not paying him. Well, they just, nope, well, they just did that. They just did that. They traded Santana to the Brewers, and right. I think they got some young pitcher out of the deal. Yeah, that's that's not like I mean Carlos Santana. I mean he's not, in my opinion, like he's not lighting the world on fire. He's not the he's not the same guy he was in Cleveland, but I mean he's had some clutch hits for the Pirates this year. And you know, well the Pirates are one of those teams. They started it off hot and then they cool off. They get hot again. They cool off. They get hot again. And now I think it's just they're just gonna sell everybody they can again. And Pirates fans are just gonna fucking drink. I see light in the freaking parking lot before the game, get utterly trashed and just know what they're walking into and black out in their seats. Cause that's what I would do if I was a Pirates fan. <laughs> I would go there. I would go there already smashed and I would just continue to drink till I am so blacked out that I get alcohol poisoning. I need to have my stomach pumped because that's what being a Pirates fan, that must be what it fucking feels like. And I, they have one of the most nicest parks I've ever seen. And the fact that this owner does not care about winning, at least your Orioles try to do something. At well, least, I mean, even yeah, yeah. Some, at least agreement. Yeah, but, yeah I, I, totally, totally valid point. But there's been five, six, seven years. Like, I so I appreciate them hire. Like, there's I am a fan of, of Mike Elias, the GM. I think he's yeah. he's maximizing what he can do. Um, like he's a, I think he's an excellent draft. I mean, every draft pick he's had has been some type of value at least, or or it looks good at least. Like I'm not saying all these kids are gonna pan out; they won't. Um, like there's always like Jordan Westberg. I don't know what he's gonna be. Uh, there's a, there's a kid in AAA, Joey Ortiz. Like there's a bunch of kids in the system that have high ceilings, but you know prospects are prospects until proven otherwise. Um, but I will say, like I like who they've hired. I'm 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 cool with Brandon Hyde. I mean, at some of the moves he makes, I'm scratching my head on, but uh, for the most part, he, he's all right. But for, I mean, ownership wise though, I still don't think like, I think, I think the ownership right now is like, Holy shit. We're way, we're playing so much better than we have. And in, in recent memory, like if we go to the playoffs and lose, that's fine. Like I really genuinely feel like the ownership, like there's no burning desire in that where like the Phillies on the flip flip side, I think they're like, Fuck it, we're throwing everything at the wall. We're gonna go out and get Castiano. Like I don't wouldn't be surprised if they go out and get Cody Bellinger at all. I would not like put another bat in that lineup and just let let somebody pitch to the Phillies and like good luck. Cause I mean you got Castiano's Schwarber, Bryson Stott hitting three ten. Like it, it's like Harper. I mean you for JT Ramuto. Like it's just every. It's like an all star lineup basically. And um, yeah, I just the Yankees don't... Don't right now. <laughs> right, right, but. <laughs> I, I just don't see like I, I appreciate what the Orioles are doing. It's it's exciting. They're exciting to watch. They're I think they're one of the most exciting teams in baseball to watch. Not not just because I have a, you know I do like them, but they they come from behind. They play like they they make the most like Adam Frazier makes a play last night that I I couldn't believe he made honestly. But um I I don't know. I I know like just like how you feel about Hal Steinbrenner. I'm not. I'm never sold on this ownership, and I would be. Through the moon, if they sold the team to somebody else, uh, it could be worse, but it could be better. That, that's how I look at it with the with the ownership. But uh, yeah, if the if the I mean, if the playoffs started today, you would see what I think they're doing the the seven. Now it's what is it six the six teams? I believe so. I think so. I I don't even. Yeah, yeah, no, yep. There we go. Uh, I got it pulled up, but. Um, it would be Baltimore, Texas, Minnesota, Tampa, Houston, and Toronto. Um, 
it's a weird that's a weird I mean like <laughs> there's a lot of fraudulent teams in there I think not a lot but you know about half like I don't think the twins will do much at all no. I the Rays could win the Rays could go to the ALCS I think but I don't think they're World Series bound and the Blue Jays I I really have no faith in the Blue Jays whatsoever I, I just they could have everybody they could have Babe Ruth Ty Cobb everybody they'd still find a way to lose like they they just but I don't really um I mean as far as the Blue Jays and I know uh what's this, Dave from Level of Playing Field's a huge uh Blue Jays fan I get I get their the fan base hype around it cuz you have this young core of guys like Vladimir Guerrero as much as I can't fucking stand the kid I think he's just oh, not a yeah, not so, a Vladdy fan man uh. No I mean is he talented yes but I think he's he exudes this over cockiness, which some like, some don't. And me, I'm one of them where I don't really, I could really, I just can't really stand it. You know how, I, I don't know how, like during the Yankee series and he runs his mouth and then, come on, just, just, you know, just, just stick to playing baseball, stick to hitting home runs and, you know, just leave it on the field. I mean, it, that, 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 that's all I really ask for. I mean, but with the Blue Jays fans, I mean, they have a decent team. I, I can't deny. I mean, Gavin Biggio, you know, we all know who his father was. Bo Bichette, obviously his dad, Dante Bichette. And obviously, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. was a guy who could literally hit anything, no matter where the ball was thrown. I mean, it could be thrown 30 feet into the stands. He'd still run up and fucking smack a 460-foot <laughs> home run. I mean, but as far as as far as far his kid, though, just, just stop being so over-cocky. And maybe more people like him. I'm I'm with you, man. To be honest with you, I I I was really big on um senior Vladimir Guerrero senior. Like he just he play he was like another Ken Griffey to me. Like he just went out there and he played the game. Like he yeah. just and he and he was like quiet, confident, obviously, but quiet and just cool. like he would just mash home runs like no tomorrow. Like I I'm with you on on like Vladdy Junior just isn't the same, and it's a shame because I I really like I I loved I mean. Uh, senior was on the Orioles for one season, and I think he put up like thirty some home runs. Like he was just ridiculous, and it was like at the end of his career, he's like over a three hundred. I I still think his numbers will be better than than his son. I I don't think his son will be yeah. as good. Um Because no. he was just like unbelievable. Like he was literally he was real just solid. Like I mean, year in year out. I think Vladdy uh, Junior's had some injuries, um, and we'll see how he progresses. But, um. Yeah, I just I'm with you. I, I'm and you know if Dave from Level of Playing Field listens to this, um, you know he talks a lot of smack too, so it's all it's all good. Uh, I'm I could not, I mean the Blue Jays at some points I'm like man I I I kind of dislike them more than the Yanks and I for me it's the Yanks like because they have the massive payroll they have all the championships like that's the reason I I really can't do it with them but the I mean at least for the most part the Yankees kind of just go out there and play the game I mean. The Blue Jays just—I mean, you—you you saw in that Blue Jays Yankees series. It's just like they bitch, yeah. moan, and complain about everything. They—they they just seem entitled. Like that team seems like they—you know—baseball owes them something or, or or whatnot. And I'm like, look, you guys are 11 games over 500. Like, you're a decent team, but with that roster, with that rotation, you should yeah. be at the top of the AL East. And I'm glad they're not. And I'm—I hope they don't stay. I hope they stay where they're at. But they're like they're they're overhyped to me. Like they're. They're a great team on paper, and they're not a great team in in real life. 
The only thing I could say though right now is they're playing better than the Yankees. So I'll give Dave's team that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll no, give they're one. they're no slouch. I just think they, they, they think they're better they think they're better than they are. I, I just they don't are they a team that I would want to face in the postseason? No. But no. Are they gonna win the World Series? I can guarantee right now they won't. I, I just no. I, yeah, I don't even think if they had a young Joe Carter on the team right now, would they win? Or even Olerud, they wouldn't win right now. Right. Especially in that fucking fat garbage dumpster friggin' Manoa pitching. <laughs> the only guy I know who could get sent down so far, I mean, even though he's back on the roster now, but the fact that he talked all this shit about Garrett Cole, and Garrett Cole's outperforming you, that you get sent down to the Florida PAL League, to go pitch there against freaking three-year-olds is <laughs> just just a little less yapping and just do a little more pitching and just just shut the fuck up. That's that, it. That's all I that, ask. That had to have been like, oh, my God. Imagine, like, him getting off that plane. Like, because you're going to a field that looks like a – I mean, it's a high school field, basically. There's yeah. no difference. Like, there's – like, My high school field, that's for sure. <laughs> um. But yeah, switching. I mean, yeah, we, we pretty much nailed it on on baseball. I mean, we'll see. Uh, it's been a a great season for me, which I can't say most years. So it's it's definitely a change of pace, and I can't I can't complain. I I don't know how sustainable and how how long term. Um, at least the Orioles. I mean, the Phillies are. I kind of trust them more just because they're spending money like no tomorrow, like it's going out of style, but. Um, I do like the homegrown feel. I, I I've always liked that. Like I liked when I grew up, man, the Phillies were homegrown and I always liked that. So this whole buying this guy, buying that like I I not for me, but you know, teach their own, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes going forward. And and do you ex- do you expect the team to make noise as far as uh like anybody else at the deadline other than I mean the Angels and Dodgers have made the most noise without a doubt. Do you is there another do the Yankees go in there and make noise? Do uh like the Red Sox, like who do you see as a player at the deadline? I don't think the Red Sox are going to make any noise. I mean, they they may trade away maybe a bad contract just to get out from it and take whatever they can back in return. I don't know, maybe a year supply of clam chowder. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I don't see them making noise. The Yankees, I, I'm going to say it again, they're going to buy and sell. They, they have no choice, but what they're buying – to me, is not just for this year. It's going to be for the next few years. I mean, Yankees fans want Cody Bellinger. Hell, I'll take Cody Bellinger. I would definitely, but, like, they should do that. The, they the, the, thing that. Is, the thing is, oh, yeah, and he would dominate with that short porch, which I think they should move back a little bit, to be honest, because that's like hitting a Little League home run to me. But <laughs> if, you get, if you get Cody Bellinger, you have to then make more splashes. You can't just get Cody Bellinger and say, okay, we were productive at the deadline. You're going to have to make moves, and this is where Cashman's going to have to really evaluate things. And we could sit here, listen, we all do it. We all bash the GMs of our teams and ownership. And I get it's not the easiest job in the world. It's not, because you have to evaluate a lot of things. Yeah, I get that. But Cashman's really going to have to sit there and really do his homework and think outside the uh, – he's going to have to think outside the scope here to who, what moves he can make to bring in guys he knows that he's not going to have to pay a boatload of money to, but will improve this team real quick because you can rebuild the Yankees without rebuilding. And for those who don't understand what I'm saying, it's 
you can piece it together without having to blow the whole thing up the way like the Astros had to do it in years past, the way the Red Sox have done it in years past, the way the Blue Jays have even done it, where you trade away everybody just for farmhands that you could bring up later. With the Yankees, it's never going to be a blow it up and rebuild from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top. It's always going to be, we'll trade this guy away as much as we don't want to do it, and we'll replace him with three or four other guys that can produce what he should have been producing. It's kind of going to be like the Billy Bean effect in a way. Cashman's going to have to think in that in that scope. You know, you're going to have to look in the book of the Island of Misfit Toys to see what's going to fit on this Yankee team. <laughs> and it, Cashman, Cashman's going to have to actually think for once in his career instead of, you know, just making a bonehead decision without even thinking. He's going to have to just sit there and go, I don't want to make this move, but unfortunately, I got to do it. By Stanton, by Rizzo, by LeMayhew. He's going to have to do it. I, I Listen, I like LeMayhew. I love Rizzo. Stanton, I don't think, was ever made for the Yankees. And that's not because of his talent. It's more of a mental thing. Playing in New York, the same way like playing in Philly, they are the two roughest sports cities to play in from every aspect. From being on the field to the fans booing you to sports media criticizing everything, it's tough to play in these two cities. And you have to have the thickest of skin to handle it. And Stanton's a guy that doesn't have it. Why do you think Zach Greinke never came to the Yankees and the Mets? Why do you think he stays in small market cities? Well, you know, what be, you, you know, it would be, and and I don't know why this this uh, just ignited a, a light bulb in my head is uh, like, um, can you imagine if if <laughs> so? Let's say Scherzer started the year on the Yankees. He's having the pitch clock problems that he had. The fans are booing him. He's already like he is borderline. I I don't want to make like a mental health because you know we all go through things and you know no one ever knows what somebody's going through. Like somebody could appear fine and and that's a different talk for a different day. But like he, for lack of a better word, that guy is like. I'm not gonna say schizo, but he's like he's like a, a, a fucking time bomb. Like he is, yeah. like he he might be bipolar. He might be I don't know what, but he's not. Everything's not tightly connected in his brain. I, I, and, I, and I don't blame him for his. What was it last night? They asked him about like the, about like where he feels his team's going. He goes, well, you know, they traded our best closer away. When really your best closer is about a month or two from coming back. And I mean, don't get me wrong, David Robertson has been a decent relief pitcher everywhere he's gone, even when he played for us. But you have to realize, as a player, these GMs have to make moves. They, you think Billy Epler sat there and really wanted to make that deal? And he had no choice. He yeah, had no and, choice. And do you think he was like, oh, maybe I should ask Max Scherzer what he thinks? You know, like, I, yeah. I, I really do. I am a Scherzer. Like, I love watching him pitch because he is just, he is he like, He's a very good pitcher. I'm not going to take that away from him. But the fact that he's like in that press conference, like, well, I'm going to go talk to the Met press and I got to figure out where this vision is going. To me, that sounds like a guy looking for a way out. And and if you feel that way, like you and, and everybody's entitled to feel how they want to feel, but especially like in that environment, I'm sure it's the egos are just going crazy. Uh, I mean, you have Verlander and Scherzer. That's just talking about two alphas like that is that is what it is. But 
Like you should not say that. I, I don't care how you feel. Like, and it's, I'm sure it's hard as hell to, to control your emotions and control what you want to, you know, spit out there to the media, but you can't, you can't do that because now it's like, all right, it's, it's like, you look at Scherzer, is he a team guy or is he a me guy? It's probably, he's, he didn't like that move. So he's like, well, we're screwed because I didn't like that. Like he, I do, I do like Scherzer a lot. Like I said, and he, he, he's like running with his hair on fire all the time, which I do like, it's, it's great yeah. entertainment, but he's a, he's a basket case if there is one. And, and like, but I'm just saying like, if he started the year on the Yankees and um, if he started the year on the Yankees and things aren't going well, and then the, he's having the pitch clock problems <laughs> and like, he's already pissed off to begin. like, that would just be a match. Like it would be a gasoline on a fire. Like I would have loved to see the entertainment value of that. Oh, I could oh I could picture some of the episodes I would have done. It would have been oh God, it would have been fucking monumental. Me bashing Scherzer on the Yankees would have been great <laughs> at six 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 thirty in the morning on like an idle Tuesday before work even starts. I'm sitting there screaming. I don't know if you heard the one I did a week or two ago where I just start freaking. I just I, I I just lost it. Brent's like Brent's like that had to be one of the best rants I've ever heard, and you've had. Countless rants, but that was the <laughs> best one. And I'm like, Brent, you have to agree at this point. You and me, because even Brent had one. I've never seen Brent mad in an episode ever. He's like the most calmest person I've ever met. I don't know where he gets it from. Maybe it's the water in Canada. I don't know. But <laughs> but the fact that even he's at that point, and I told him, I said, well, Brent, I watched your video, and I see how mad you got. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not the only one. So it's like, I felt more confident going into that one knowing, all right, as long as I know I can be pissed off about it, there's going to be at least one knowledgeable fan who's behind me on it. And, oh. going back, and going back to Max, Max needs to realize not every trade needs to be run by him because the players don't run the team. And that's something that him and every player in Major League Baseball need to realize. These GMs are you, – you, you, you think Cashman's running down to Garrett Cole – Oh, hey, you know, Garrett, you know, we're thinking about trading Seve for like uh, six bats and a helmet. Uh, are you okay with that? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. What, um, It's funny. And, and I'm supposed to go on with him tomorrow. So maybe I'll get, I'll, I'll purposely try and get him revved up a little bit because <laughs> it is, uh, it is definitely entertaining. Like, um, I forget. See, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reference that episode now because I I forget exactly what he was talking about. I mean, obviously it was Cashman, it was the Yankees, but there was something yeah. where he got so. I mean, he was loud. He was like, you know, f bomb this, F-bomb, and it was great. Like it was, uh, but like just like your 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 tirade. Like I I completely what I was gonna draw a comparison to. It's kind of weird, but um, the Eagles a few years back, um, their GM Howie uh, Howie Roseman. Whoops, uh, Howie Roseman. He he had me like severely pissed off, like year in and year like with the draft. It would be like, all right, here comes the draft, and we're gonna pick like every kid from a small school in the first and second round. And I, like you got Justin Jefferson sitting there, you got uh, DJ DK Metcalf was sitting there the one year. Like we needed receivers badly. We had no this, the Eagles never had receivers. I mean, To for one season. They, other than that, it's like everybody else is a no name. You had Nelson Aguilar, Alshon, Je like nobody. Nobody of like great value, and yeah. the NFL is different. Obviously, we're we're talking Brian Cashman, and and like he pretty much not unlimited payroll, but he has you know the he has the the resources to to make moves. But like the yeah. the NFL with the cap and everything. But I was like, 
every year. Like I could have went on tirades like that because I mean we were just drafting like bozo after bozo in the first round, and I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard. Like like it's like you said, and and we've talked about it a lot. Is it's not the easiest job in the world, but like I it, with the Yankees especially, I don't get why they're. I get why they're analytical because everybody is, but I don't get why their analytics are so bizarre. Like they'll they'll pull a pitcher with seventy pitches sometimes. Like I've seen them do that. That's the dumbest thing ever. Boone has, and that's the other thing is people like, you know, people message me like, you know, you're hard on Boone. Boone's never had a managing job. He went from retirement to ESPN to being the manager of one of the most historic franchise teams in all of Major League Baseball, if not all of sports. That's not where you start. He should have been the friggin' manager of like the Trenton Thunder first and worked his way up. I don't get why you don't. I don't, yeah, not, no, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't know why that, I don't know why you don't see that. Like, I don't know why you don't see any triple A. It's like, it's like being a triple A pitcher. Like, okay, I've gotten to the level, like I've, I've shown I can have success in triple A, bump them up to the major. Like, I don't know why no team that's done that ever. Like you never, you never once see that. You see former players that have never managed before. You see, you know, you got your, your uh, dinosaurs like Buck Walter that, I, I was a buck guy in Baltimore, but I, I don't know if he's got it anymore. I, I even in Baltimore he he pissed me off a good bit. Um you got you got Rob Thompson who's literally like the definition of like you talk about bland or like you just look at you look at a white wall for eight hours. That's Rob Thompson's personality on the Phillies. Oh, he's the major league baseball version of uh yeah, this is Bill Belichick. He really is, and I'm like, God, I cannot <laughs> I'm still working on how to do an episode like that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna totally air it out on what it's gonna be, but when I do it, I think people think he's really in the room. Oh, that's gonna be like that. Should be on pay per view. That 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 should be like on billboards. Like Jim Fan the Van, Bill Belichick is gonna is is appearing on Fan the Van, and and it's real. It's the real <laughs> Bill Belichick because it's it's better than the original. But what I, I'll I'll ask you this week. You know, we'll switch gears to the to the gridiron. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I saw Ezekiel Elliott is uh, meeting with the Patriots today. What? How did? Uh, how did he do with their uh, old Billy Belichick? Oh well, you know we just looked at some old game tape when he was with Dallas, and uh, you know he's just a pure thoroughbred. But uh, you know, next question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I can understand them hosting Elliott because it complements the the other running back, Stevenson, whatever his name is, and. He's not the same Zeke, but do I listen? Would he be somewhat decent in New England? Yeah, he helps out in the run game at least. But you know, there's a reason why Zeke hasn't signed yet anywhere. There's a reason why, and you want to know what the reason is? They saw once he got his money in Dallas, he just stopped caring. Now you can't stop caring, and then all of a sudden, Dallas cuts you, and now you want to care again. To try to get another bag of money, it's it, it doesn't work like that. Well, that's something yeah. to understand. And I'll and I'll make a point to that. But I did have one more question for for my guy Belichick. How many uh, how many clam chowder stains today? I mean, it's looking at least over ten. Uh, well, yeah. I woke up this morning and uh, you know, I was sitting at the table where I did the draft, and uh, my dog spilled a pan on me, so I had to get another one. And my wife heated me up another one. Before you know, I was like 10, 12 deep in, and uh, I'm in a, just a clam chowder frenzy. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. Oh, that's absolute gold. Um, yeah, no, I, I could see it though. Like, 
They had LeGarrette. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt played for damn near. Ever, I think. Well, he played for your Steelers. He played for the Eagles. He played for the Lions. He played for the Bucks. Like he played for everybody. But he's the running back, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I'm looking at Zeke, and I'm like, I feel like Zeke's kind of a. He might. He's probably slower than LeGarrette Blunt was, but um, at this point in his career, but he's like a bruiser. He's not going to be your feature back for sure. No. But for a goal line, like you know, and 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 Bill O'Brien with. Uh, Probably a more pass happy offense than it was last year. I could see Zeke fitting in there well. Unfortunately, I I, I still don't think Patriots do that much. I am a little bit worried they're going to be better than last year because I mean they had fucking Matt Patricia calling the plays. So I mean anything's an upgrade over a defensive. It, that made no sense, but that's a different story for another day. But what do you think about uh with this with this Herbert deal and and you know I'm bringing Brent up a million times. They they touched on it really well. Is like. What he got like fifty two, fifty million somewhere in that ballpark. Like, don't you think it's get? I, I know the NFL makes ass load of money, and it's just like they're they're bringing it in with the shovel. But to be paying these guys fifty million dollars just to be an above, like I would, I'd say he's above average. He's a he's a good quarterback. Like he's he's definitely his potential. He's another Carson Wentz to me, where the potential is like, damn, this guy's six foot four. He can throw rockets, but like, is he gonna do anything? We don't know. But well, like, what the Chargers really have, and we touched on it Thursday, is he's in essence a Philip Rivers 2.0. Like, he's reached his ceiling already. There, there's no going higher at this point. And to pay him all that money, listen, you know, you're going to pay your quarterback top dollar because he's the guy running the offense on the field. I, I get all that. But to give him $50 million and think he's like Patrick Mahomes, no. There's a reason why Mahomes got half a billion, and there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers has gotten the money he's gotten. There's reasons why Roethlisberger got the money he got, and Brady, and quarterbacks of years past, and even current quarterbacks now. There's a reason why, because they've produced. I'm not saying Herbert is a, a shitty quarterback by no means of the imagination, but to but for the Chargers to pay him all that money, I honestly would have waited till the fifth year option. I would have waited till the rookie deal was done and then evaluate everything from there and be like, is this really the guy that's going to take us to the Lombardi or do we have to draft his replacement or in free agency, find his replacement? That's what I would have done. And then you have the people out there that, well, why didn't Burrow get his money? And they kind of go hand in hand because Herbert's contract in essence now sets the stage for what Burrow's going to get if not more. Granted, even with the calf strain injury now, and, you know, he'll be out a few weeks, and for Browns fans saying that Steeler fans are cheering for this injury, you're fucking delusional. Because not on one tweet on that dumpster fire of a bird app or X or whatever we're calling it now, did any Steeler fan ever cheer for it? I was one who goes, wow, that, you know, that don't look too good. You know, that's horrible, but nobody wishes for somebody to get injured in football or in any sport because that's their livelihood. So, you know, I don't see guys going, oh, I hope Jim from Fan in the Van tweaks his ankle on the way to work in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And, and if you're hoping for it, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, just for that, you're going you're gonna to watch your step a little more. But, uh, yeah. no, the, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how you feel about Browns fans is where I've gotten with like 49ers fans to me are the, not only are the fans, maybe it's not even so much the fan. They're, they're bad. 
that 49ers team though and i and i'll get into it a little bit it, it's it's absolutely like they're still talking about the nfc championship game and they're still oh, they're still saying like <laughs> they're still saying well like i was it was debo this or no it was uh Ayuk, i think it was this time like, either one they both yeah. bitch, they both bitch moan and complain about the game to this day so one of them too was like i saw it this past week he was uh, he said, "Oh well, you uh, we didn't lose the NFC Championship, and you guys didn't win it. Uh, like, dude, get at the end of the day, there's a winner and loser. It wasn't even a, like this. It's not like it came down to a game-winning field goal with your backup quarterback. Like, oh. I, I didn't want, and I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, and this is just being as honest as I can. Brock Purdy to me is another like like I cannot, I already I already can't stand him. It's probably a 49ers thing, but he is he's he just he has a punchable face to me. He just." He's a little bit of a douche rocket for sure. Not even, you know, sugarcoating it. Like he, I don't like the kid. I get he's Mr. Irrelevant. I, I'm, you know, he's overachieved and I'm happy for him in that way. But I'm yeah. like, I, I can't stand Kyle Shanahan. I can't stand the 49ers. And then for, for these people to just be like relentlessly talking about how, oh, well, you knocked our quarterback out like that. Yeah, that happens. Like it, it's not like oh. I, the Saints were going out there trying to make that happen every game. Like, so don't like, yeah, people forget that. Right. Like, football is not tennis. Football is not golf. At the end of the day, yeah. it, it, they, you know, these grown-ass men that, that are in, you know, better shape than I'll ever be, are, are and they're they're just athletic freaks, are running yeah. into people at 20 miles an hour and, and bones break. You know what I mean? So, I, I just – like you feel about Browns fans, man, like I am up to here with the – like I hope the 49ers never – I hope they choke every single year. I'm, I'm so <laughs> tired of, of them – like just bitch moaning, complaining. Like it, it is what it is. Like we want, we beat them in the NFC Championship. It's last year too. Like I've moved on from it. Like we lost the Super Bowl. It is what it is. Like it's a new season. And then they they're like, yeah, we circled that game this year. I hope. I mean, they have to come to. I'm pretty sure they come to Philly for that. And that's gonna be like these fans are not gonna forget all the shit they're talking. Uh, like, that's, gonna, that's gonna be a shit show. But you know what I tell 49ers fans when it comes to that? It it it's like it's like for me. Like, the game's over with. It's done, right? It ended. It's done. It's like my favorite show ever is The Sopranos. When it ended, did it end shitty? Yes. Black screen. We don't know what the fuck happens to Tony at the end. I mean, everybody made their little, you know, conspiracy videos or whatever. But it ended. Get the fuck over it. 49ers fans, you lost. And by the way, it's not bang, bang, Niner gang. Stop with that shit. Another thing you stole from Pittsburgh. Enough. Enough. There's a next Niner fan I see saying that shit. I'm going to make a YouTube short of Bill Belichick getting angry about it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> book it. Yeah, book it. Right. Oh, my God. I'm just like, look, man, if the shoe is on and, and people will be like, oh, well, Philly is a toxic fan base. I, I completely agree I don't, with that. I don't, I don't see, to me as an outside guy who doesn't, I don't root for I don't root for the Eagles, just like I don't root for the Niners. But I don't stop, it, you know with my interactions with Eagle fans. Obviously, you're one. I don't. You're not a toxic Eagle fan, and the ones I I don't see the toxicity in the fan base. But you have every fan base that has a toxic part to it, and those are the assholes who make you know the normal fan like you and me and you know and, and Garrett and Brent and Dave of all the teams that we all like. You make us all look like a bunch of Joe Jerkoffs, and that's why people like me come at you every chance I get, especially and, Cleveland. And, and my thing, like, 
I definitely get it because like I I see I see what you like you you bring it up all the time and like if these people are doing all that I'm like I'm you know I'm on your side 100 percent but like my thing with this 49ers whole crowd is like even like all these people are saying like the same thing like oh you guys got lucky da, da, da. it's like okay hold like you lost like and I'm not even like saying like we beat your ass you suck like I'm not just you lost like if we if it was store if the shoe was on the other foot I'd be like God I can't stand Brock Purdy God I can't stand the I just I've never liked the 49ers but I'd be like we lost like you guys beat us like maybe the better team didn't win yeah. that day because our quarterback got knocked out you could say that maybe the better team didn't win because we'll never yeah. know but you lost that game you lost so like for you to still be bringing this up like it's like it's like they act like it was the tuck rule or something like that. There, there's a there's a game where it's like you can you can make a case that they didn't really lose, or even and I believe it was 16 with Jesse James Pittsburgh in New England. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a horseshit call. That's another one that that's another one where there's still people in the fan base to this day that still harp on it. And me, I was pissed for a good maybe 20, 30 minutes from that point to the end of the game to the post-game show, and after that, I was like, you know what? That's the fucking NFL for you. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what? The season goes on whether we're in the playoffs or we're not, and Niners fans need to realize, yeah, you did lose. Your quarterback got hurt, but quarterbacks get hurt all the time. They get hurt on the field. You, they get hurt with non-contact injuries. Joe Burrow is the prime example of it just a few days ago. You don't see Bengals fans whining about it. No, and you don't know. Oh, he got hurt, you know, hope he gets better soon, and but to sit here, what, like almost a year later, and you have grown men still going on on podcasts and, and sports media shows and whining about it still. If I'm a sports host, I'm literally I'm doing I'm doing one of these. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even fucking interviewing you. I, if and, that's what you're coming out with, I'm done. I'm done. And and if I like if I was high even like a team president or you know, I guess that's underneath the owner, whatever. If I'm a higher up at the uh, at the 49ers, I'd be like, look, Ayuk, uh, what's his name, Debo Samuel, any any of them. G George Kittle was being a little whiny crybaby bitch too. Like I'm like, look, all you guys are like you lost. If you want to keep talking about it, I'll like I would suspend you without pay because at some point it's like you're that's that's so toxic. Like focus on this year, focus on the things you can control. Like I said, easier said than done. Everybody compartmentalizes things differently, but like. For for these these players to still be like it gets brought up on a podcast and then they'll be like oh yeah I mean Philly didn't really beat us and I was like like yeah they played their I was scared I'm not gonna lie going into that game I was like they have a shot that defense is like physical as physical a defense as you'll see all year um, fast I mean Fred Warner's an absolute monster like I was like holy shit this is gonna be a problem but you know once I mean unfortunately once Purdy got hurt I was like we should do enough on offense to to outduel them, which happened. Yeah. I mean, it, it ended up being a blowout in the end. And then they started trying to fight the Eagles at the end. Of, like they threw one of our backup safeties on the ground. I'm like, dude, you guys just, just get over it. And and George Kittle with your little man bun, you're, I just can't not stand. <laughs> I can't, I can't like, it's like Tom Brady. And then the 49ers, like I, I, I to be honest with you, I'm not around enough Cowboy fans. I'm like, whatever you guys like do what you want to do. Say what you're going to say. It's the same thing every year. Like, if you guys get over the hump, okay. Like, I really don't even have that much of a hatred for them because at least when they lose, they're like, man, I didn't think we would lose because I thought we'd go the whole way, but we lost. It's like the 49ers are, like, in denial. And then they go to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. 
they got a they're they're winning in the fourth quarter and they just start they 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 completely choke. So it's like I have no mercy. Like it's the Falcons, man. You're up twenty eight yeah. to three and you blow. Like how am I supposed to feel bad for you? Yeah, you could. And and the thing with guys like Debo and Ayuk, you want to know how you 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 want to know how you fix the problem? Get back win. to the NFC Championship game against your Eagles and then win it. Win and then right. win it and then get to the Super Bowl. Look until then, shut up. And, and look at like like the and I just know this because I you know I I flip on the Steelers when the Eagles aren't on around here and things and like I know I, Pittsburgh has a has a good fan like they're not a, a vicious fan base like uh, like. You know they're they're pretty uh, even keel, but you know people were like, ah, is Kenny Pickett the answer after Ben? And then he started leading them. Like you know, you had that Raiders drive in the Franco Harris game. You had the drive, excuse me, the drive in Baltimore when he brought them from behind. Like so, then they, you know the doubters started going away. But but that just what I'm saying is it goes to the point. Like just find a way to win it. And and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't like he was going out there like slinging it like Mahomes, slinging it like Josh Allen, but. He he was like gutsy and he put drives together to win the game and they did enough to win. Like that ultimately, like you said, like that shuts up everybody. If you win, and that and that's like not to bring a totally different situation up, but like when Tim when Tim Tebow was winning, I was like, Look, man, you guys are just, like the, the media hated him. I understand whatever. But I was like, when he was winning, I was like, dude, I will never hate on somebody that's winning. Like I know he was putting up he wasn't putting up good numbers. It wasn't sustainable long term, but I was like He's a winner. Like I'll take him over the freaking the guys that are just like a, like Derek. Carr. It's like Derek Carr. Is he ever gonna win? Is nah. is Jimmy G ever gonna like Jimmy G's gonna actually regress? I think because his coaching yeah. is worse now. He was like kind of like look at Brett. anybody like Jim Plotner could be the quarterback on the 49ers. They'd be probably pretty competitive. I mean, it's like until he gets. I mean, no offense to you. Until you get to the playoffs or the Super Bowl, and then <laughs> the, the, the ceiling falls in. But like. Well, these guys, it's funny, these it's guys funny though that you mentioned the Raiders because I don't know if you heard this, but Devontae Adams is not happy. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, and now it's he Josh wants Jacobs. to make his, he wants to make his way to the Jets. Oh my! If they got him, I would I would be a little bit like holy shit! Like this is yeah. Then then the. The, the record that me and Garrett have predicted for them would flip at that point. If they could get, if they were able to land Devontae like right now, then I could see them being a legitimate threat in the whole AFC. And I can understand why Devontae's not happy. You went and got mid Jimmy Garoppolo. Josh McDaniels is just ugh, a horrible head coach. Horrible. It didn't work in Denver. He's he should just stick to being an offensive coordinator. That's what he should have just. He should have never left Belichick. I yeah, that's another. I'm glad you brought that up. I I think that's another. That's another guy that's not. He's not going to win. That that Raiders. I'm not going to say they're cursed, but they just they they get in their own way. They they like it's another Pirates to me. Like they just they they could have everybody and their mom on the team that's good, and then they still would fail because they just. Like I, I really, I used to really like, and I don't mind Derek Carr. I think he's a good person, so I kind of pull for the guy at the end of the day. But like, is he a, is he the guy I want with the fourth? Like, I'd almost rather have Kenny Pickett at the fourth quarter already, because <laughs> that's like I've seen him do the fourth quarter drives. I've seen him do it. Yeah. I, like, uh, uh, Jalen. Like everybody's like, oh my god, when Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, it was like, oh, J- Jalen Hurts sucks, this and that, and Carson's like got the potential. 
I want the guy that's like, I'm going to will this team to win. Like I will, I, I might not have the best throwing motion. I might not, uh, you know, be six foot four and can sl- like throw the rock like Herbert. I mean, that guy can throw a hundred miles an hour, but it's like, is he a, is, is he a stone cold? Like when all the chips are pushed to the middle of the table, do I want, I, I want Jalen hurts. I want Kenny, like Kenny Pickett. Cause I've seen him do it. I don't, I don't even want Aaron Rodgers Cause I'm like, I've seen him choke and choke and choke another Matt Ryan, you know, another, it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. I don't. I don't grasp it either, but. And, and the, yeah. I mean, the Raiders are just like, talk about a team that was like, they, they kind of had it together. Like, they were headed in the right direction at times. And now they've taken 25 steps back and Josh Jacobs isn't ha- like, no one's happy. So. Well, none of the running backs are happy right now. And, you know, I understand, I understand why the running backs aren't happy. And, you know, they did the whole, the whole zoom call thing. And there's people, you know, well, why aren't, you know, why aren't the running backs happy? And what fans don't realize, like the ones that just watch it just to watch it because they like to do fantasy or they like to just bet on it because they know they can win money. They don't realize a running back's career expectancy is only two to four years maximum. And you have the anomalies, you know, you have the Derrick Henry's that can surpass that. And, you know, how do how do these running backs get paid like a wide receiver or or even the top quarterback? You, in essence, just have to ball out every year. I mean, people could get upset. Barkley took a deal that was a little bit more than the tag by like maybe nine hundred thousand. But at the end of the day, Barkley did what was best for Barkley. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the thing that these other guys, regardless of the position, have to realize, like. Le'Veon Bell came out the other day, and he, he and I agree with what he's saying. Daniel Jones is a bottom-tier quarterback, but you're paying him like he's a top-tier quarterback based off of one improved year. But look at what Barkley has done since he came to the Giants. And then look at what Daniel Jones has done. Barkley's proven his worth. Jones hasn't. And the Giants, honestly, they should have given him both one-year show-me deals. And let's see if Jones's progression is real or is it just – a flash in the pan. Because you know what you're getting with Barkley. You're getting a guy who's going to run the ball down your friggin' throat. And you've seen, because you've seen from watching him at Penn State, so you know. Daniel Jones, we 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 already know. More interceptions and touchdowns. You know, pretty much every year he's played. I mean, does the kid go out and play with grit? Yes, I'll give him that. Was coaching maybe part of the problem with Daniel Jones when they went to the whole carousel? Yeah, it was. Now they have dabble, so maybe now it'll change. But to pay him like he's Hurts, like he's Mahomes, like he's Josh Allen, to me that's just that that, that was just asinine and stupid to even do. It's it's so to me it's so about timing too. Like look at yeah. I mean Kirk Cousins isn't making as much now as like these upper top tier guys, but I remember he he literally became a free agent at like the ideal time. He, yeah. he slid into Minnesota right after – I mean, he failed with – I'm going to call him – I mean, it's the Redskins because that's what they were back then. So they, And they yeah. might go back to that. I don't mean they might go back to that. So, yeah. uh, like, he th- – that's an example. Like, these guys now that are getting into the league, like, even – like, let's say Pickett leads the Steelers to a division – at least a divisional round, and you're like, damn, like, this guy really is coming along. Like, he, he he's starting to, like, have, you know, really figure it out. Like, I have trust in him, this and that. He'll get paid. Like it, it's a matter of like, you know, you figure it out. And and I'm not saying the Steelers would be stupid to sign him or not to sign him, but like these teams are just like, oh, we have a decent quarterback. Like 
hang on to them like it's the like, you know, like strap in, put your seatbelt on because like if you don't have a good quarter or even a like decent quarterback, you're garbage. Like your your team is not doing anything. But like it, yeah, like you said, it it like Le'Veon said he's probably bottom tier and he probably is. Like you know maybe he's like now in the you know complete. He's probably like right on the middle of the pack. Like he's the definition of average. But that's all you got to be to, I mean, $40 million to be average is like, just, it's a different world they're living in. Um, we're all in the wrong field. That's for sure. <laughs> we, we definitely are because. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't want this show to be like, you know, just bashing one guy to the next, but we, we call it how, how we see it. And then, you know, along those lines, I mean, we got to talk a little more Aaron Rodgers. uh, this guy, since he came to New York, man, I think his ego has gone through. The, now it was through the roof before. Now it's through the stratosphere. To be honest with you, oh, yeah. I just, I mean, <laughs> like enchanting. We just won the Super Bowl at a Taylor Swift concert. I mean, first off, you're Aaron Rodgers. What the fuck are you doing at a Taylor Swift concert? All she sings is breakup songs. I don't. I. I. I, I just. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't like her. I don't get why you're there. And then the, all the streamers come out and you're celebrating like the Jets won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Stop. Stop. It's not happening this year or next year, Jets fans. Stop. You're on the delusional bus with the Cleveland Browns fans. That's where they are. And the Hall of Fame game that they have coming up is between the Jets and the Browns. I've now dubbed it the Battle of Delusion. <laughs> right. I mean, I and I genuinely, like I have a close friend who's a Jets fan and uh, former co-host of the show, and and I feel bad because I'm like, I do, I I do always have a soft spot for these teams that never win. Like I I'm like, damn, like, I respect you guys for sticking with them this long. But then yeah. like this whole Aaron Rodgers thing has ruined it for me because I'm like, he's he's just, it's all about him. Like it is he, and then he'll he'll come out and and Pat McAfee and give you fifty reasons why he goes through the thought process as he does and no one else thinks like him and oh my god it's like do we really care at the end of the day like i i i can hear anybody's perspective and that's fine and there's a time and place but when it's like this guy just beats his own drum and it's non-stop it's every week like i i kind of hope they go on a skit at one point like they they'll lose four in a row and i cannot oh, wait till the media like because he hasn't seen media like the new york media no, because in Green Bay, it's, I mean, in Green Bay, it's all about him. And that's kind of where this ego kind of comes from with him. And in Green Bay, they're not as harsh as New York is. So the minute they lose week one against Buffalo, oh, the criticism that's going to go through the fucking roof from WFAN to the Michael K show to, <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't wait. Jets fans crying. Why do we sign this guy? Uh, you know, we should have made a deal with Baltimore for Lamar. Are we going to go through this again? Derek Carr would have been a better option long term. And- Honestly, that's the that's the you know, and we've all discussed it. That's the win. That's what they should have done. Is they should have went and got Derek Carr because your window is open for another four or five years. You should have went and maybe made a move and try to get Lamar Jackson. You you what you're asking for in a two year window does not take two years to accomplish. And you're asking an aging quarterback who went from a a mid-level quarterback class in the NFC to the top tier in the AFC, and you think again he's just going to steamroll. The fuck he is. He's not. 
that's that's been my point from day one with this because year in and year out you've seen it with Green Bay. I mean they couldn't they couldn't beat Tampa Bay. They couldn't beat. I mean they played San Fran. It seemed like every year they lost to them. Um, and like yeah, those are good teams. Green Bay, Green Bay had weapons. As much as Rodgers can complain that they never drafted him weapons, he made guys weapons. Like he made Jordy Nelson relevant. He made Jeff Jeff Janis relevant. He made Jimmy Graham relevant. He's made all these guys relevant. So has Rodgers had an impact in the game? He absolutely has. I can't take that from him. But to have Mike Holmgren to Mike McCarthy and one Super Bowl and everybody wants to dub you like you're the best ever to do it, as much as we hate the guy, there's another guy who's on a, on a level all by himself, on an island all by himself, probably getting a rim job from Kim Kardashian right now, and that's freaking Tom Brady. We don't like him, but can we take away the guy's accolades? I wish I, I can't. could. Got to give credit where it's due. I'll be honest. I wish there was a way I could. I'm not. I'm. I'm that. I'm a soul. Oh, yeah. But but uh, I I get you. I mean, he he found every way to lose, and I don't I don't care what the Rogers supporters. Uh, you know, if it was this, it was the. At the end of the day, there's people that make excuses, and there's people that win. Like there there's two there's the two different things. Like Tom Brady. As much as I can't stand him, like you said, you know it could it was you could say it was the Belichick effect for a while. Now look at look at New England since Brady's left, they've regressed. Mac Jones is not Tom. Everybody's like, oh, Mac Jones will come in here and and he'll figure it out, and you know just give him a, a year or two and he'll be in the, the. He hasn't done shit yet. I mean, really, he hasn't done. They're a heavy run pat run dominant offense. Like that's how they operate. They operate with a top ten defense. I thought you could sign. You know, every homeless guy in New England, Bill Belichick will make that defense top 10, top five. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense, but it's the system they run, I guess. Or, you know, if he's watching other teams' practices, whatever it might be. But it's like, I, I just, I still don't, I know this Jets team is going to be better. There's no way they, they don't get better than they were last year. Yeah. Uh, and like Garrett Wilson, right, might, you know, give you a 1,500 yards this year. I don't know, but. It's still like you're gotta go through the gauntlet. You gotta like I I'd love to see the Jets go to go to Arrowhead. Let's say the Jets don't get home field and, and you have to go through Arrowhead. I would put my last penny on unless and and I'll say it just because it's a podcast and we can say what we want. Unless you can <laughs> clearly tell it's getting rigged to, for the Jets to win the game. Yeah. Where there's just penalty, penalty, penalty in the second half where at the worst time possible for the Chiefs. I would be – that's the only way I see the Jets going into Arrowhead, coming out of there. And Rodgers outdueling Mahomes at this stage of his career and, and, and Mahomes' stage of his career, like, I, I don't see it in any Not universe. Either. I don't see it either. I mean, if you had Rodgers 10 years ago, we're not bashing this decision. Yeah. You know, we're talking more positive about it, but it's 10 years later, and it's – now you're asking a 38 to be 39 year old quarterback to take this team who hasn't won since we landed on the moon, as Garrett loves to say. Um, you know, and you expect him to bring you a championship in year one. He, you think he could carry all that weight? He can't. That's why the Jets, honestly, they should have went younger at the quarterback position. This is Brett Favre 2.0 all again because remember when Brett Favre came to New York? It was. Oh, we're winning it all. And what did Brett Favre win you? He won you shit. And, I mean, they named, the, they named the tree after him. That that, that, that freaking 
died soon after freaking Favre left. I I just I I get it's hard to win and 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 everybody talks about it. like it's hard to win. I understand that, but when you have a guy year in and year out, like I, it's that whole thing. It's like, do you want to go to the playoffs and lose every year? Like I I don't want to experience that. I I, I I've been there, done that so many times where it's like, why get my hopes up just to like flatten them like a pin? And, and, you know, sports is all about having hope and, you know, this year we'll get it together. And then, but when it's like, I mean, what, it was 2012 the last time he won the Super Bowl. And what's he done since? Like, yeah, great stats, MVPs. I I don't, that does not matter to me. I don't give a shit. I'd rather, I'd rather put up like pedestrian numbers and, win a sewer like if it was jimmy g with the with the 49ers i'd be like okay at least he got us a super bowl and the you know whatever if he pulled it off i'm trying to think of a guy that's like there really hasn't been a subpar i mean i guess you could say nick Foles had a subpar career i mean he's still has good numbers but he wasn't he's never never going to be listed as like hall, you know, hall of fame or anything like that but i'd rather have nick Foles in the super bowl against like if, if rogers was playing for the eagles i know it's a crazy comparison but I don't think he would have out. I mean, Brady had 500 yards on our on the Eagles' defense that day. Yeah. I think Rodgers would have choked that game away or found a way to lose that game. Like I, I just, I don't have trust in that guy, and that's the most important position on the team. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And it's funny because who I think it was Gronk that came out because they asked him, you know, how do you some with Rodgers, and he goes, "I'm about championships. I don't give a shit about personal accolades." He's like, "This is a this is a we." sport not a me sport he's like if you're in it for mvps and you know personal accolades he's like you could take that shit and go walk somewhere else because he's like my goal in the end he goes when new england drafted me my goal was to win super bowls and i did what i had to do to help tom and everybody else get there and pretty much what he's saying is rogers is just about rod and many people don't like gronk but how can you not agree with that assessment Oh yeah, I, I didn't like Gronk on the on the pat. I mean, as a player, I didn't like Gronk, but as a per like he's a he's a funny dude in my opinion. Yeah. Like he's a goof. He he's like the class clown. Like I can't I can't really hate on 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 Gronk and and especially that point. Like at the end of the day, let's say Kenny Pickett threw fifteen touchdowns, twelve picks, but every time he, there was a fourth quarter drive. He got that done, and then your your defense did enough, and like everything added up, and and they they play behind this guy. Like not everybody's gonna want to play behind a guy like Roger. Like Rogers will will. I know everything's gravy now. Everything it's like a honeymoon for the for the Jets, but you start losing games, and he's like, "Look, it's my like I'm Aaron Rodgers. Like shut up, get out of my way. I know what I'm doing." Not everybody's gonna take to that. Like it, it's just. And that's why the Jets won't be successful with Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to be because that's going to happen. They're going to lose a game they should win, and Rodgers is going to throw whoever he wants under the bus, and he's not going to take accountability for it. He's not going to come out there like like Tom Brady and say, you know what, we lost this game because of me, and I got to play better, you know, and I got to get my guys to play better as well. Rodgers isn't going to come out. He's going to say, well, you know, we would have won if, you know, Cobb didn't drop that 15-yard pass I threw to him. Or if Brees Hall didn't fumble the ball at this pivotal point of the game, he's going to find ways to blame everybody else, but not himself. And Rodgers, to me, is not a team leader. Like He's good at leading himself into cave retreats and taking Ayusko, whatever the fuck he takes. (laughs) He's good at leading himself into that. But as far as leading a team to where they need to get to, that's why Green Bay didn't win more Super Bowls. And people don't want to see it, but 
You're going to have to see it. You have to look in the mirror and realize that's why. Yeah, and, th- and that's the whole thing. Like, I, I remember in your last podcast, you were like, you know, sometimes, you know, you're fighting with a significant other or, or you know, someone you have a past relationship, whatever. And you said you got to just bite the bullet and just, okay, I was right. Even if you don't feel that way. Like, I remember you making that point. And, like, why would you not do that if you're Aaron Rodgers? Like, even if it's not your fault, your teammates are going to have your back. The The media is there to try and, like, poke at you to get you to say something that you're going to – you're going to just, you know, make a headline with like he could he's done. He did that in Green Bay where he'd be like, well, there's a lot of reasons why we lost this game. You know, I, I and then it's just ex- like there's he could just be like, look, if I did enough, if I personally did enough, we would have won that game. Like it, that's all you got to say. And I, and I get these guys are just egomaniacs. And if you put a mic in front of me after I lost the game and people are yelling shit at me, I might not go well either. But it's <laughs> it's like I, I don't know. These guys should know better because like. I don't know. They just, they think they're above all in these. And that's the thing about sports. Like I'm not, I mean, I'm 27, but I've seen in the last like five, 10 years that like guys are just so it's, it's about them. It's, it's, it's not about the name on the front of the Jersey. It's about how do I make myself richer? How do I make myself more of a brand? You know, I'm more important than everybody else. It's just, it, it is sickening. Like I like watching the game. But, like, a lot of these guys that people look up to and aspire to be like, I, I don't know if you want to be like them as a person. I really – No. No, you, you absolutely don't. There's no there's no loyalty in sports. And sports, again, is not sports anymore. It's a business. And it's a me business. It's me, me, me. It's not we, we, we anymore as gross as that sounds. But, <laughs> you know, um, you know, like, you, like you've always seen, like, like, guys like Michael Jordan never left Chicago. Guys like Derek Jeter never left New York. Even if they could have got more money elsewhere, Kobe, they never yeah. left. Kobe is another prime example. Even but, well, there was a thing I seen where Kobe did want to get traded, and that was with the whole Shaq thing and Chicago. I think it was the team involved, and they were going to pull the trigger on it. And then Kobe kind of backed out, and he goes, "Nah, nah, nah." That would have nah. been oh my god! I, <laughs> I kind of like, wish like, that would have happened though a little bit. If like, that if that had happened, the Bulls probably would have been relevant again. Oh, there's no doubt he would at least made them like a competitor. Like I can't imagine if he if he started ripping off chips and and like if if he finished five like five rings in Chicago, I'm not yeah. saying he would be Michael Jordan, but that would that's just a a what if situation. Like oh man, that would have been that would have been absolutely like just crazy to think about. But um, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> we we definitely uh, we bashed. Uh, I mean, all the parties we bashed were deserving. I'll say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. And whether it's Brian Cashman, whether it's the Yankees brash, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, I mean, we you go down the list, it's all deserving. Yeah. So the, well, well, the delusional fan bases of those said players will say different, but, yeah, you know, they're, they're not as knowledgeable as some of us are. So, <laughs> Call it how we see it, man. But, um, yeah, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm going to shout out uh, the, you know, the guys that, that we're close to in, the, in this whole podcasting community as always. So, uh, you know, the 1420 Sports Podcast, check those guys out. Um, Brent does, like, like Jim says, he does like eight gazillion shows. I don't know how he finds the time. He must have more time than anybody else in the world. But – 
Um, yeah, check out the 1420 Sports Podcast. Obviously, Jim at Fan in the Van Sports Podcast. And and where can we where can we find you on that? Uh pretty much everywhere. Spotify, Anchor. Well, now Anchor is Spotify, but uh Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app is another one I'm on now. Good pods. Pretty much everywhere you could stream a podcast. Fan in the van's gonna be there. Definitely, definitely check those out. You'll there's no way you don't laugh. Uh, and then uh two dudes with sports news and uh is this a bad take? Garrett's a solo project as well as level of playing field, uh the belly up Maryland football fantasy show, something along those lines. I might have butchered that, but I everybody that uh, I interact with will be uh will be tagged on Twitter and for Jim, I mean, for Aaron, peace out. And for Jim, peace. Uh.